Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. The epistle lesson for the fourth Sunday of Easter is from 1 Peter chapter 2. This is a gracious thing when mindful of God. One endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer, for, suffer it, you endure? This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, 
neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Let us stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. The sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the gospel of the Lord.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning comes from our epistle reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'd like to just telescope out just a little bit to add in verse 18 here. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. This is our text. In the 1930s, Imperial Japan sought complete control over the Korean Peninsula. And they did this by trying to enforce the worship of the Japanese gods upon the Koreans. And as you can imagine, this command was especially burdensome to the Christian communities in Korea. During the Japanese occupation, the Imperial Japanese government came to Christian schools and enforced the worship of the Shinto gods. But one Christian teacher, An E. Suk, defied the Imperial Japanese government. The persecution was so bad that her, her principal was sending the students off to the mountain to worship the Shinto gods. And the thing was, is that she couldn't even believe that her principal was doing this. And when she had heard the command, she closed the door to her classroom, and she fell on her knees and prayed to Jesus. And then her principal came in and tried to convince her to take the students to go to the shrine, she wouldn't budge. She couldn't see how the principal could betray the Lord by allowing this to happen. Finally, the principal said to her, you can see what great trouble you'll, you'll cause the school if you fail to cooperate. Isuk responded with a mixture of fear and hatred in her voice. But you don't seem to care about that. You're only thinking of yourself. If you want me to go to the mountain, I will. As she was going to the mountain, she prayed, O oh Lord, I am so weak, but I am your sheep, so I must obey and follow you. Lord, watch over me. And when everyone else was bowing before the Japanese sun goddess, Isuk stood straight up. And where she had felt fear and hatred before, she now felt peace. She said of herself that day, I am dead. An E. Suk died that day on Mount Namsan. And before the authorities could catch her, she had fled, and she was caught a few months later after trying to appeal uh, her case to Tokyo regarding the treatment of Christians in Korea. And she had stayed in prison. She was arrested, and she was in prison for six long years. And to put things in perspective, when she entered in prison in, the, in 1940, 34 Christians were imprisoned when, in the Poinyang prison on August 17, 1945, when they were finally released. Only 14 remained alive. One of them was E. Suk. 
As the prisoners made their way out, a sympathetic prison guard shouted, Ladies and gentlemen, these are the ones who for six long years refused to worship Japanese gods. They fought against severe torture, hunger, and cold. And they went out without bowing their heads to the idol worship of Japan. Today they are champions of the faith. The crowd gathered and greeted the prisoners as heroes, shouting, Praise the name of Jesus and singing joyfully the hymn, All hail the power of Jesus' name. You know, when reading the story, you know, E. Suk's prayer struck me. Oh Lord, I am so weak, but I am your sheep, so I must obey and follow you. Lord, watch over me. E. Suk's prayer comes straight out of our epistle reading for today from 1 Peter chapter 2. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to do the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when, mi when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. You know, the thing is, in this life we'll suffer as Christians. We'll suffer for following God's word in our lives. And Jesus makes this really clear in the Gospel of Mark when he calls on his disciples to take up their crosses and follow him, when he says to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whatever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The thing is about modern America is, is that we try to avoid suffering at all costs. We want to try to avoid suffering, grief, and pain, no matter what. We try to keep all of that stuff at bay. We've, we've dedicated whole industries to avoiding pain. You know, we have things like, you know, medicine and therapy and self-help books, which, you know, in a way could help us out. But just think about how we handle our language when we deal with suffering. You know, when someone dies of suffering a terminal illness, we, we, we may say this. We say, well, at least that person isn't suffering anymore. You know, that somehow death is, is, is less than suffering, right? That uh, even though death is the real enemy. You know, the thing is, is, you know, we would prefer to die rather than to suffer pain in this life. And previous generations, suffering was a given. But for now, for the most part, we live comfortable lives. You know, we live pretty well compared to most of the world. But as with the principle in our story from Isuk, you know, we're not exempt from trying to avoid the cross in our lives. You know, the thing is, thing is, is that we don't expect to suffer for the sake of Christ. You know, it's probably when you're entering these doors, it was probably the furthest thing from your mind. The words of Christ calling us to take up our cross and follow him are alien to us. 
For the cross is a sign of suffering and not comfort. You know, we, we think, you know, God wants what's good for us, and that's true, and yet he also calls us to endure suffering. And it scandalizes us that Christ calls on us to give up something, you know, to give up our comfort or our self-centeredness, our insistence, our insistence upon our, our rights and our privileges to endure suffering for his namesake. He calls on us today to endure suffering as a witness to others. You know, see, you know, we, would re we readily would sacrifice uh, to make uh, sure that our children are well off materially. But, you know, if they don't have Christ, then all the scholarships and all the education, all the money and all the success is all for naught. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? You know, do we take Jesus' words seriously? And how many of us boldly speak God's truth when we're called upon to give witness, especially when it's socially inconvenient? Forever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. You know, this should drive us to see our lack. You know, this should drive us to see our complete and utter spiritual poverty, our lack of moral courage, to see, to see the depth of our sinfulness. It should drive us to pray the prayer Esuk prayed, O oh Lord, I am so weak, but I am your sheep, so I must obey and follow you. Lord, watch over, over me. You know, this is, you know, this prayer reminded me of who we are in Christ and what our identity is, that we are Jesus' sheep. He is the shepherd and bishop of our souls. And when we pray, when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil, we pray that Jesus would rescue us from every evil and danger in this world. And there's a lot of evil out there that seeks to devour our souls. This world will try its best to get you to conform to it, just as it tried to conform Esuk. We must pray for Jesus to look out over us, to guard and protect us. You know, by our own power, none of us here can stand on the day of evil. You know, when the devil strikes, the congregation scatters. By our own power, none of us have the courage or strength to stand up to evil. And that includes myself and Pastor Copen. We're not exempt from this. We too are weak. We can never underestimate the depths of our sinfulness. When push comes to shove, without our good shepherd, we will crumble. But thanks be to God that he gives us grace, the same grace that he gave to Esuk, to endure suffering. That when we endure suffering, Peter calls it grace. You know, it's translated here, a, a gracious thing. But in Greek, it's just simply charis, grace. It is by grace alone that we can stand on the day of evil. It is Christ who is the one who protects our souls from the rot and decay of this world. And when we suffer in this world, 
It is for the sake of witness to this world. And our witness is this, that this life, this life that we live here and now, this life is not the end all be all. But if, you, if this life was the end all be all, if this was all there was to the world, right? You look out into the world, is the world a really great place? No, it's not, right? If this was our destiny to live in, then, then we would be a people most pitied, right? But we know that there's more, right? We live for the life of the world to come. We live as a people of hope, hope in the resurrection of the dead. And so the life we live, we live to God. We know that God can use any of our sufferings for his purposes. And we know this because God used the suffering of his son on the cross to win for us the forgiveness of all of our sins. The thing is, is that we will suffer in this life. And there is indeed righteous suffering, suffering such as what Esuk endured. But Peter also warns against suffering because we sin. We Christians take sin seriously because sin damages our witness. When we sin against ourselves or one another, we hurt the Christian witness. You know, in our world today, you may be the only Christian someone encounters. When we sin, we ought to accept the consequences of our sins, but we don't face our sins without relying upon the forgiveness of sins that our Lord won for us on the cross. As Christians, we model forgiveness to others as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The power of the gospel is rooted in the forgiveness of sins. St. Peter calls on us to imitate that forgiveness of sins in our lives by imitating Christ on the cross. That when we are reviled, that when we are mocked, and that when we are beaten, we look to Christ and his cross and his response to being reviled, mocked, and beaten. And his response was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgiving sins is the ultimate witness of Christ's power. It is a power that Christ gives to you today. Use it abundantly. Jesus comes to us today as the shepherd and bishop of our souls. He rules and guides our life. He guards and defends us. You now we are his sheep. And that means that we are weak. We often stray, right? We often try to make our own way through this world. But thanks be to God that we have a good shepherd. A good shepherd that, that leaves the 99 and goes after the one that's caught in the thicket. And that thicket is the very various sufferings and evils we find ourselves in. You know, either of our own doing, of this, you know, this, uh, as a consequence of our own sins, or the attacks of the devil and the world upon us. Christ has come to save us from the power of sin. And what he does is he scoops us up by his mighty arms, and he takes us and puts us up on his big shoulders that a fireman's carry, that's how shepherds carry sheep, puts us up on his big shoulders, and puts us back into the sheep pen. And that is the church. In the church, Christ lavishly and generously provides for all of our needs of body and soul takes care of us both physically and spiritually. 
Jesus loves you. He knows you by name. He prayed for you on the night of his betrayal in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he thought of you by name on the cross when he died for the sins of the whole world. He has the joy to know that you are his precious sheep forever. And he rose from the dead for you that you may rise too. And at last, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have nothing to fear. Jesus' rod and staff comfort us. And we'll be led to a bright tomorrow that no one can take away from us. Isuk believed this promise. The imperial Japanese government could not take away that promise from her. We believe that promise today. And no one can separate us from Jesus' love. Let us give praise to Jesus, our good shepherd, who protects us from evil. Give praise to Jesus, who guides us through the darkness of this world. Praise Jesus, who leads us into a better future, the resurrection of the dead. And I want us to sing together a hymn of praise, that hymn that was sung at the release of Isuk, hymn 4. 59, all hail the power of Jesus' name. It'll be up here on the screen here. Let us sing the first two stanzas of the hymn, and on the second stanza, let us focus on Christ being Jesse's rod, being our good shepherd. I want us to say this together. Praise Jesus. Praise, Praise Jesus. Jesus. Maybe we can say it a, a little bit louder, right? Let's say it a bit louder. Praise, Praise Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus every day. Praise our good shepherd Jesus who has redeemed us all from sin. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.